We've had a lot of people on this podcast who have been here for a very long time, most of them since the 90s. But Prague continues to attract people from abroad. For example, my guests today, Chelsea London and Giuseppe Cantanzariti, owners and operators of what is becoming the hot new food place here in Prague, Ezra's Bagels named after their baby Ezra. They came here in February 2018, and they are making a go of it, and Prague is treating them very well. Hello, Chelsea and Giuseppe. Hi. Hello, Derek. Hi. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be talking with you. Ezra is also here. (laughs) Ah, hi, Ezra. I'd like to thank Chelsea, Giuseppe, and baby Ezra for speaking to me today, and, of course, everybody out there for listening to this episode of Prague Times. A city is much more than just a collection of buildings. It's a location, it's a history, it's a culture, it's ideas and ideals, and a city is also, most importantly, the people in it. This is Prague Times, the podcast that takes a look at the city of Prague in the Czech Republic. With more than a thousand years of history, there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the past of Prague, but we'll also talk about the city as it is today, future plans for the city, and much more. It's Prague then, Prague now, and Prague later. And this is Prague Times. So, bagels. Now, I have to be honest and say, as an American who grew up on one of the coasts, I'm not a New Yorker, even though I have a bit of a twang in my nose. Uh, I'm actually a Californian, Northern Californian, but I grew up eating bagels. And uh, when I tried your guys' bagels, I just kind of, I think I wept because (laughs) it it really, it was like, oh my God, a taste of, I forgot how often I would eat bagels. And now living here in Prague, there are no bagels. And now there are bagels. It was, you know, I think for us, part of the reason why we wanted to do it was because we wanted bagels for us, but we also knew that there had to be some kind of, you know, (laughs) Ezra <laughs> Hi, Ezra. <laughs> there had to be some kind of, you know, similar kind of group of people who would just really appreciate it. Like, you know, when you say you wept, like that makes sense. Not not because it was our bagels necessarily, but because it's something that, you know, has such a specific taste and you want it and you can't get it. And then when you get it, it just, you know, this is this unique feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bagel place. I'm not going to mention them, but there's a bagel place um, in Prague 2 that I went in there and I thought, oh, wow, I have a little bagel sandwich. And, you know, like so often happens, we have what we might call Chexican, uh, you know, which is uh, sort of the Czech Mexican and, and all these Czech variants of things. And I've often said this to other people. It's very often like the people who run these food places saw pictures or heard about it, but they've never had it before because this place, for example, they're doing their bagel sandwiches and the bagels weren't very good anyway, but they were raw. They were cold and raw. They didn't toast them, you know, (laughs) like nothing. I was like, what are you doing, man? This is a great way to ruin somebody's day. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to. Yeah, because it totally, that's exactly right. It totally bummed me out. 
I was really looking forward to it. And I thought, even if it's mediocre, it'll be okay. No, I couldn't finish it. Yeah, I mean, that's not, it's not completely dissimilar to experiences we had had. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we've both been living in Europe a long time, um, both separately and together. And, you know, I'm from New York. I grew up eating bagels and bagel shops and all that fun stuff. And, you know, I've been living in Europe since, I don't know, since I was 18 years old on and off. And I've never been able to find a bagel. And, mm-hmm. you know. Not a New York bagel. Not, yeah, at least. Not, yeah, you, know, you can find bread rings. Yeah, bread. <laughs> circular, <laughs> circular bread, bread is yeah. abundant. <laughs> yeah. yes, but it's not. There's not a bagel make, and that's the thing too. Part of the thing is you'll hear you'll be somewhere and you'll hear oh they have a bagel shop or yeah. oh it looks like and so you get excited you you know you get your hopes up and then you get it and it's like you you know like that experience yeah. it's like you know what a bummer. What a a bummer. Yeah, it would have been better had you not promised me the thing that I didn't know I wanted so bad and then disappointed me, you know. We want it to be the real deal so people would specifically not have that experience (laughs) and they would have the, you know, the magic kind of like kind of like being home for a moment in a way. So Chelsea, you said you've been living in Europe for ages. Uh, how did that happen? When did you come? Why did you come? Where did you go? <laughs> um, well, that's a very loaded question, Derek. Um, were, you, were you on the run from the law? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Not at first. Not at first, no. It's after <laughs> um, no, I, I went to Europe the first time when I was 10 years old, and I you know, just kind of fell in love. Um, so I would try and make my way back as much as I could, which turned out to be kind of annually. I was very lucky and then after college I said I need to go for good and I found myself in London for a while which is Mm. ironic given the name Um, but I was in London for a while um, and then visa stuff happened (laughs) and I left I was supposed to move to Budapest actually but visa stuff happened and I found myself in Hamburg Germany for about three years Uh, after that I had to go back to America for a little bit and that's when I met Giuseppe Mm -hmm. Um, we actually met in southern New Hampshire all places Mm -hmm. and um, we both had this love of Europe he had been living in Cyprus Mm -hmm. I was in Germany and um, we decided that we need to get back here so so you split the difference and ended up in Prague Uh, yeah after actually we spent about three years traveling full-time doing the you know the whole digital nomad thing Mm -hmm. Um, and we were moving around Europe so we we pretty much saw every corner that neither of us had seen yet yeah Um, it was good we traveled a lot we had remote jobs yeah and, and we had been in new york living in new york right and it was right little, it was a little pricey a little spending you know being in new <laughs> york we were in queens and we were able to you know we had an apartment that we liked but it was just you know it's an expensive city to live in it's expensive to go out and enjoy yourself consistently and we figured that we could probably travel around europe for you know less money yeah. than just you know renting an apartment in new york and the jobs are we location independent so we did and we left in like in early 15 and we traveled continuously from 15 until we settled in and then we ended up here 18, in 18 yeah, yeah. because yeah. we, we we said, you know, the traveling around is great, but it would be nice to not be yeah. technically homeless. Yeah, we're in our thirties now. <laughs> you know, Maybe we should so have a house. Have you know. <laughs> and then Prague, Prague made sense. We do what we like a lot about Prague. Yeah, we had never been to Prague together. We had yeah. both been to Prague ourselves. I had been here yeah. maybe two or three times. I yeah. can't remember. I he had been here twice. once or twice.
twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we said, you know, it makes sense there. They, yeah, we're, we're both artists when we're not making bagels and mm-hmm. there's a lot of art here mm-hmm. um, and it's central. So we can well get yeah. really anywhere mm-hmm. we want. It's a beautiful um, city too. And it's a beautiful good city. Good feel, you so. know, good size. There's a lot about Prague to like. Yeah. We've been here for years now and I, don't, I, still, I think I don't take it for granted. I think no. I appreciate uh, yeah. the city is very good. Even with it being closed down, <laughs> like it's been, I'd rather be in Prague than in a lot of places in yeah. the world, you know. On any given day. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us have a, a similar feeling towards it. So it says on your website, ezrasbagels.com, that uh, the sort of impetus for this was, in fact, baby Ezra, which would be why you named it after him. Uh, tell us that story, Chelsea. What was going on with the bagel cravings? Yeah, um, well, I was pregnant, and I didn't really eat, actually, my entire pregnancy. And I didn't have the, you know, the television pregnancy craving thing, except I really, really, really needed bagels. And um, my aunt was visiting from the city, and she was supposed to bring some and she forgot them on her counter mm, on the way to the them. airport oh. um, and I had never been so disappointed in my life <laughs> yeah. I, I think I cried a little bit mm. um it was an emotional time it was a bad time yeah and we had tried bagels we had tried you know I don't I'm not gonna name names but we had tried other bagels and that you can find in the city and nothing was hitting the spot as they say so we tried ourselves um you know when I was a kid we <laughs> so such a New York thing, but we would take field trips to bagel shops. You know, they would give us dough and teach us how to hand roll it and let us do our own toppings and stuff and, and boil it and all the fun stuff. So I had that in my head. I was like, oh, I could I could figure this out. Um, and it took a little trial and error. Um, and we're still obviously evolving as we go, finding the ingredients that I need and, and so on. Um, but we gave it a go and we were pretty happy with it. And then my friend Stephanie Cohen actually said, you know, I'll buy some off of you. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to sell you that bagels. Really, yeah, that was- yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to sell you bagels. Here, have some bagels. And she's like, no, no. Stephanie, you have no idea what you started. <laughs> she, yeah. she knows what she started. Now she does. <laughs> now yeah. she does. Yeah. But it's all her fault, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's both Ezra and Stephanie Cohen's fault, I think. Yeah. Combination. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we didn't necessarily have an intention of... We're, I think we're, we're, we know who we are. We weren't necessarily trained as bakers for years and things like that. And Chelsea yeah. makes all the bagels by hand. And she's been doing it now. Has made thousands and thousands of bagels and is willing to, you know, I think experiment with it and yeah. go with it. Because, yeah. you know, there's... It's interesting because selling people bagels and, you know, people buying the bagels from us, it, it feels good. It feels like you're doing a public public service, I feel like. And we didn't necessarily start with that intention. Yeah, it was a very self-serving intention. Yeah, we wanted to I make just bagels. wanted a bagel. Yeah, <laughs> so that she could have a bagel. Yeah. And then here we are. Yeah. So. That's kind of a perfect capitalist uh, capitalist story there, you know. Uh, enlightened self-interest uh, becomes a profit-making uh, venture. Yeah. <laughs> it is an ode to capitalism. Yeah. It, really, it has worked out so far. It really has. And, um, and we owe that, obviously, to the people who, oh, yeah. who, trust, who trusted us at first because we're, you know, not a traditional operation. Um, And so people had to feel comfortable ordering online from us and meeting us in person and and things like that and picking up custom orders. And I think it's a bit to ask for people because it's a little bit unconventional. And it's last year was so crazy. And we did start in August of last year when things seemed pretty good here. You know, it was, you know, started in August of 2019, 2020. And things were, things had been bad early in the year, obviously elsewhere, but here seemed to be rather under control. And then by the early summer, and into the midsummer, things seemed great. Things were really good before they got bad again. And so I think that, you know, 
certain things haven't gotten bad again now with the virus. It's unfortunate how it is. I don't know whether we would start now, like from nothing now. Mm. In the window when we started, it was still a lot to ask to have people come. And people trusted us, I think, and were willing to try, which was, you know, we, we have to be appreciative of oh, people, absolutely. you know, for that, of customers yeah. for that. Sure. So just to clarify, the, the system as it exists right now is people go on your website and fill out the form and look at your menu and say, okay, I want this many of this and this many of this and this many of this, or they can do it via Facebook Messenger uh, or email, and then you say, okay, and it takes like a day or so, and then you, you let them know, okay, they're ready, and then people go to your place in Letna and pick them up. Yeah, yeah. so so they can order from Instagram, Facebook, or like you said, the, the form online, mm-hmm. um, and that's exactly it. So they'll say, okay, I want six sesame bagels, and I'll mm-hmm. have to say, okay, well, when can I do that? Oh, I can do that tomorrow afternoon. Can you come at this time? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and we plan that way. So I, I usually end up taking orders every day, really. Um, mm-hmm. But some will be for five days in advance. Some will be for the next day. It depends mm-hmm. on what they want and when they want it. Um, right. So we try to be flexible, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, <laughs> I have two hands. Yeah. So sometimes people do <laughs> We have the baby. Yeah, we're a very limited operation. So yeah. it's, you know, we do as much as logistically possible. And sometimes the orders kind of strain, you know, it's good to Which be is a, a great problem. Yeah, yeah, really. That's that's a good problem to have. A lot of us Americans, certainly those of us from the coastal cities, know bagels and are familiar with bagels. I don't know how much Europeans are, especially Czechs. And so we'll kind of give you a little bagel primer on what exactly they are. What what is a bagel? It's not a donut. It's not bread. It's totally different. What is it? Um, Well, bagel is a red dough that is boiled and then baked. And you can add different toppings and you can do different types of dough, different flavors of dough. Um, But the big thing is the boiling. Um, That's what I think makes it a bit more unique. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like two different textures happening with a bagel. You have an outer texture that's like, you know, a crust that's is crunchy or, you know, relatively A New York bagel should be slightly crunchy, slightly shiny, and a little bit tangy on the crust. And then the Mm -hmm. inside side should be chewy mm-hmm. and light that's what differentiates that from something like you know the turkish bread ring um mm-hmm. which is looks maybe like a bagel but mm-hmm. is a completely different thing mm-hmm. the texture thing is i think fundamental and, and also like you know chelsea said the tanginess and all of these things combination of you know what it's boiled in and how long it's baked and all of this yeah it's like a it's like a chemistry it is yeah yeah that's exactly so i know that uh nobody actually knows how old the bagel is uh but i know it's first mentioned i I think in 1610 back in uh, Krakow in the Jewish quarter. And it, it's interesting that uh, it was originally given as a gift to women about to give birth. <laughs> so you're holding up the tradition, Chelsea. Yeah, look at that. Not in, bad. In Central Europe as well. Yeah, it's close to the birthplace. So it's all yeah. You know, really fitting. Yeah, that's not bad. And apparently the hole in the middle, I guess, was it just made it easier to transport. You could just stick them on a dowel and it would be easy to transport, easy to display. Play, you could carry a whole bunch much easier than if you were sticking them in a box or something. Sure, yeah. Sense, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should start delivering them on dowels. On dowels. Instead, the yeah. traditional <laughs> <manner>. <laughs> 
even though I'm from the West Coast, it's still, even in my mind, is very much a New York thing. And I guess it was Polish Ashkenazi Jews who brought it to the Lower East Side in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Well, it, would be one of, it would be one of many foods, right, that are specifically brought by immigrant communities to, to Correct. in the United States and then would be kind of proliferated that way. Yeah. Right. Well, it's nice that you guys make it by hand because uh, when I was doing a little research for our talk, I, I found out that in New York, Bagel Bakers Local 338 basically took over the production of bagels. They standardized the sizes, they standardized the weights, they standardized the ingredients, and they insisted until the 1960s that all bagels in New York be made by hand. And then in the 60s, machines came out that just made it much easier to mass produce them, and they they relaxed those. So you're really still doing it the old way. Yeah, I I mean, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, I say um, a bit. No, I'm um, and I know if I don't do it with my own hands that it's not going to be up to my standards and even when it is you know Mm -hmm. I'm still I very critique my own work very strongly Um, and here's a fun fact when we first started we were both making bagels I would say equally and then you know she says she's a bit of a perfectionist But I would, you know, we did them the same way. We did them together. But if something, you know, she would be, oh, well, make sure you do it like this. And then I think she gradually just over time took it over organically just to make sure that it was done exactly right. So, you know, very exacting standards, self-imposed exacting standards. Yeah, and one of those is hand rolling And if you can make it by hand, yes, I mean, God forbid. So you need to be able to check it, right? And yeah, feel it and know yeah. it feels like it. Yeah, you know. it's all, it's a, a lot of it is about the density and like literally yeah. how it feels when you're rolling it, if it's going to be correct or not. Because the, if the dough is is too loose or the dough is too tight you can tell that when you're hand rolling it which you wouldn't be able to do in a machine but i guess those machines would also make sure that the density is exacting but you you, you lose the human touch you lose, yeah, bagels too, because so. they're not exactly uniform in yep. appearance yep. you know i think mm-hmm. that it's important to have the, the, the human touch yeah. in there it gives it something right. i think so yeah So do you do you add a little malt into the dough or no? Yeah, so we do we do a couple things. I won't give all our trade secrets away, um, but yes, there are um, <laughs> there's some malt in the dough as well as some some other traditional uh, ingredients that we that we pop in there to make it a little bit different than just some bread, you know, that you put in water. Right, and then do you salt the water before you boil them? So the water has a few things in it, um, including a little malt syrup and um, some baking soda and a tad bit of salt and and some other things as well yeah it's like a potion it's, it's funny like the potion. water the water is interesting because the water takes on this very specific you know hue and uh, aroma it's yeah. very pleasant it's and very it's like nice. this it's like a it's like a potion it's like this bagel potion that develops and yeah. the more bagels you do in there obviously the bagels really take on the you know the ingredients that are in the water and it's, it's uh-huh. really a very chemical process that's yeah. very interesting is it yields this unique product you know that you don't get otherwise yeah. that's what, i mean that's where the crust really mm-hmm. we talk uh you know there's montreal bagels for instance are, are cooked in honey honey, uh, honey water yeah. specifically mm-hmm. and that makes the crust much more sweet and much more shiny than mm-hmm. than a new york bagel crust and you know it's it's little things like that the, the malt is is a new york trait mm-hmm. um putting mm-hmm. that in the water and in the dough so uh and you don't boil them for very long right so the longer you boil it the the chewier it is so um you know i think in non-new york style they might boil mm-hmm. it until it pops up to the top which could be about 30 seconds but we do it longer than that um because uh, it's more authentically chewy and authentically new york style that way so it's longer right. than you would expect um but it's not very i don't leave it in there for 10 minutes yeah. it's just a couple minutes on either side 
Well, you know, I'm from San Francisco, and uh, San Francisco is filled with expat New Yorkers. Yeah, who, it is. Yeah. And, and you hear a lot of people from the East Coast. You hear people from Philly complain you can't get a good hoagie, and I knew a cheesesteak place. And, you know, you, and the truth is you can't. I had West Coast hoagies, and they just weren't the same as ones that were actually shipped in from the Philadelphia area. So the common wisdom was, well, it must be the water. But they've done studies of New York bagels and found it has nothing to do with the water because the water in the five boroughs of New York City varies so drastically. It has nothing to do with the water. It's entirely in the preparation that makes it an authentic New York bagel. Yeah, and it is a joke. It's a trope to say, oh, it's the water that makes the pizza and the bagel so good. You know, people say it. I hear it my whole life. Um, It's funny, though. It is like a pretty unique. People will say it here. People will say, oh, it's not Yeah, but you don't have the water. You don't have access to New York Um, water, though. Yeah, I have friends back home who say, do you want me to start shipping you water? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, things like that. But it it is more about the process. And I don't think people realize that so much. It's the same with pizza crust. New York it's Mm -hmm. it's not just the water it's there's a little bit more different preparation that goes in to making Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting like you you mentioned the the regional variants of it the Montreal bagel is sweeter they don't use salt they use honey water and malt and sugar in the dough and sometimes I think they bake them in a wood oven too which is crazy they do yeah and it's only sesame Sesame seeds seeds, oh really you can get an onion or a garlic and you don't cut them you don't slice them and put anything on it you rip them um, and you just eat them like you know more like a donut really than than the bagel yeah like a savory donut yeah they're skinnier and long like they're bigger in Mm -hmm. diameter because they're skinnier Um, probably similar mm -hmm. math because they're narrow but larger yeah yeah they look a lot like those um, like, the like, the, the, like the Turkish bread yeah. rings, um, yeah. like very similar to what you would find in the Balkans, and, and yeah, they have yeah. a, they do have a more European feel when you they eat do. the Montreal bagel. Yeah, they I do. feel like. Yeah. Well, of course, in San Francisco, San Franciscans, uh, the ones I grew up with, were uh, sort of flatter, bit of a rougher crust, and sometimes they had a little bit of sourdough in them. Uh, I understand London bagels are have more air bubbles in them, and they're they're actually harder and denser than, say, the New York style or the American style ones. That makes sense. Mm. I've not had yeah. the pleasure of having a London style bagel <laughs> myself. <laughs> I've had bagels in London um, and just thought they were not very good bagels. <laughs> I didn't realize that was their own type. <laughs> That's their way. Uh, I guess in Chicago, they bake them, but also sometimes they'll steam them, and I can't imagine what that would do to it. Don't get me started on how Chicagoans do oh, our food. You don't want to alienate people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Chicago. I'm just kidding, Chicago. We love it's you. It's funny because she's, because Chelsea is so from New York that it's like, you know, legitimately this point of contention that deep dish pizza even exists <laughs> on even, the planet. Because it's not it's pizza. Just, you know, it's a, yeah, allegedly. It, it's, it's fun, like, though. Yeah. We, we have a lot of customers from Chicago, and they <laughs> specifically always ask for cinnamon raisin bagels. Uh, um, yes. So I spent a lot of my life trying to figure out how to make a good cinnamon raisin bagel because they're not my thing um and i have chicagoan customers who have finally been like yeah no those are good now yeah. um, uh-huh. so i chose uh-huh. them on certain things. So they were your guinea pigs yes, yes. they were and and do you know do you know the st louis style i was quite surprised to find out about this it's a regular old bagel just the normal way you would make a new york style bagel but they don't slice them horizontally what do they do they slice them eight times vertically into these little bagel bits kind of apparently this was started by the st louis bread company and then in the 90s they got bought by another company and then in 97 that company was bought by a company which we all now know as panera oh panera oh, that's, that's fun that's fun yeah. panera's bagels are not very good. they're not great no they're <laughs> no they're terrible <laughs> but, they do, but they do like put them front and center so that yeah. makes sense that's not like a stretch of the imagination yeah. to get to panera 
So you guys do the classic, the sesame and the poppy. You do the onion. You do the sea salt, which is great. It's interesting. You use flakes, not uh, not rock salt. Yeah, we use Malden salt. It's This is a good uh, story, actually, because we initially were using rock salt because that's what we had access to. And um, I love salt bagels. Like, they're my absolute favorite. Um, Mine, too. Mine, too. I love, love salt. salt. Salt yeah. is my favorite food. Um, and, you know, we got feedback from customers. I was like, ah, those are hard to eat. Yeah. So we did some research and we found that we could get Malden salt, um, which are sea salt flakes. And mm. they're quite pricey, but we started using them and it just game changer. It's unbelievable. Um, difference. Yeah. Those so, and I think that's a good, you know, that just speaks to the fact that we're continually evolving and yeah. listening to our customers and stuff. And, you know, cause in my mind, I'm happy to suck on sea salt all day long, the rock right. salt, but I know that I'm weird in that fact. So obviously for, for her birthday, you should get her a, a salt lick. Yeah, this has come up in the past. That would be amazing. Yeah. That, that, that's not, you know, that's not something that she wouldn't do. She hasn't expressed interest explicitly. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the sea salt flakes were the first thing that we, I think, altered um, because of customer feedback. And yeah. So, yeah. Mm. And those are nice. Those, I think those uh, are very pleasant. And then you, you also went garlic and then the everything, obviously, which has everything on it or plain. And then you have these specialty bagels. Now, I also grew up with cinnamon raisin being an option in the bagel world. But the rest of your specialty ones are new to me, and I have to say they're rather surprising. So you've got cheddar, mm-hmm. and is that mixed into the dough itself? It is, and just so we are clear on that, we everything we make is vegan, so it is um, a vegan cheddar alternative. Yeah. But it's Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all your bagels are vegan? Yes, yes. we're vegan ourselves, so ah. we, that's... That's an important thing for us to continue making vegan products. Even when we get to schmears and such, they will ah, be vegan. Yeah. Interesting. Vegan locks. Yeah. There's, there's alternatives. It's not, the, nah. well, the they're still working on it. This is, one of, this is one of those things where certain things do work well when, you know, yeah. you're using vegan recipes. It's not unusual to have tofu cream cheese, for example. Yeah. At every sure. bagel club in the city, you can get tofu so that, scallion that's or pretty, something. Pretty, yeah. We haven't sold um, spreads with very limited exceptions um, mm-hmm. thus far, but we do want to get to that but we do want to keep everything vegan. That was something we decided early on because it would be easy not to. Yeah. Um, but we would just, sure. we would rather for us, you know. Yeah, we wouldn't want to be handling yeah. non-vegan yeah, products in our own house. Yeah. yeah, and we can't really taste them and stuff. Yeah, so. exactly. So we can't, quality would be um, yeah. a questionable if we yeah, couldn't we, taste it. We so. taste testers, which people yeah. I think would do. <laughs> but. Right, yeah, for sure. So that's it. So it's a vegan cheddar. You do a rosemary olive oil. Then a cranberry one and a blueberry one. I'm assuming these are sweet. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then chocolate chips. So what are you using for vegan chocolate chips? Uh, Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Um, Yep, Mm -hmm. dark chocolate will be vegan. Um, Different baking chocolates. Um, You can get vegan options for that. Yep. Yep. Uh Basically, non-milk chocolate is usually vegan. Yeah, generally. Right. It's so funny, Chelsea. When you say the word chocolate, your New York accent comes out really strongly. I know. There are certain words. Chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Chocolate yeah. They like to, every time I say that, they like to like talk about that one um, SpongeBob character, this old lady that's like, I remember when they invented chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it's a story of my life. It does identify everything as being authentic. We didn't get the coffee yet either, too, did we? Make her say coffee. And then I was going to say, and then and they have the cinnamon raisin and then a coffee. And that one really made my eyebrows go up. Like rosemary olive oil, I get it. The berry ones, okay, that makes a certain amount of sense. But coffee. Yeah, so 
I don't drink coffee myself, but Giuseppe is a coffee connoisseur. I'm just a big, big coffee person. Yeah. To the point where it's like part of who I am. Yeah. Like, it's a, you know, like salt I, is me, coffee is I him. love coffee. And <laughs> I wanted to try doing a coffee bagel like from the get-go. Yeah. Because I thought it would be nice. And um, we played with it a bit before, I think. So when we first started, um, what we were doing was we were doing these head-to-heads where we'd yeah. each choose a flavor that we wanted to try. And then we would ma- make one each and we'd put it on our Instagram stories and people would vote on which one they wanted to try. Um, so early on, mm. he did coffee because he really wanted to try that. Mm-hmm. Um, I get I forget what it was against for mine. I forget. But, oh, you know, matcha. I oh, made a matcha, matcha bagel, yeah, which matcha was... Green tea. I was Ooh, very... That, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound good. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> Amazing, Derek. Was it? Was it amazing? Was it amazing? I yeah. loved it. It's it was nice. Oh. Not very specific, though. It and is. This was very yeah. green. It, it was so a very green. green bagel. Yeah. It was pretty visually very interesting. Yeah. yeah. But the coffee one, uh, <laughs> as you can guess. Uh, so it ended up on our menu. Our, our specialty menu actually changes... Uh, you know, I would say seasonally, like initially we had different ones. I recently at, um, changed it to include the cranberry um, and remove some less seasonal ones. I had a, an apple cider one on there that which was, is more which is more autumnal, um, you know. Right. So it, they, do, they do change based we on the We did Thanksgiving ones, we did stuffing, and then yeah. the cranberries hold over from Thanksgiving. Yeah, the cranberry worked really well at Thanksgiving and people really liked it. So we put that back. Right. So what do you think of for spring, like dandelion? you know i was thinking about spring stuff um do we have anything we did talk about this relatively recently that we would like to have some you know new seasonal stuff Uh, yeah i'm still working on what my brother actually said to me is like you know i look at these specialty bagels you have and i'm like how do you guys even choose these flavors because we did crazy stuff like i did a a reuben bagel um (laughs) did french onion soup um and my brother's like where do you come up with this and i said i think about things i like and then i'm like can i make it a bagel we had a bloody mary bagel on the menu for yeah a for a long time yeah nice did it have that. did it have booze in it it did a yeah. little bit yeah and then, you know yeah, yeah just a, a <laughs> oh. lemon drink mix and it was yeah. spicy and i used um whole tomatoes on yeah. it that's when i was preparing bagels more often we were selling a lot of those yeah uh, early on we also had champagne strawberry which some would these, be good to come back in the spring i think some of these were very complex and required yeah. a lot of ingredients and a lot of prep time and a lot of um you know so it was less efficient um, I think that's why some of them, I think, kind of didn't make it. I mean, some but, of them didn't make it because I didn't enjoy making them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it was a big struggle with some of them because the, the recipes were fun to do in like a head to head, you know, for, yeah. just for kicks. And then yeah. to actually produce 20 of these bagels, 30 of these bagels was a tremendous That niche. said, we have customers that we've had forever that if they said, I want a Bloody Mary bagel, yeah, would I would say, yeah, sure, yeah. I gotcha. You'd, you'd, you'd um, whip them up a, a bag. Yeah, I, I like to think of it as a secret menu. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, that's very yeah. smart. Very yeah. in and out of you. Very in and out, yes. We can make the animal style next, I guess. <laughs> the the vegan animal style. The vegan animal style, yeah. I don't know what that would even look like. <laughs> no, if anything, though, if people who are our customers will, you know, who know the menu will ask without yeah. even looking at the menu, you know, do you, yeah. could you make these bagels? And I think yeah, do, I, I have few no, exceptions, no qualms yeah. doing that at all. Um, mm-hmm. Unless it's just one of them, in which case that's a lot of wasted dough. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's for sure. 
Uh, so you guys are in touch with uh, the Jewish community here, which of course in Prague is, uh, it's estimated something like 90% of all Jewish people in the country live in Prague. So it's quite a, quite a vibrant community here. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have certain customers that are very engaged in the Jewish community. Um, they talk to us or send other customers our way or, you know, so we have, we have some connections in that right now um, because of the way things are at the moment. We haven't, you know, had official sit downs with anybody or anything, but it is um, I know that we have customers who are very involved in the community at the moment. Right. Well, yeah, I know there's a website called Totally Jewish Travel that lists eight kosher food uh, establishments here. But pretty much most of them are in Yosefov, though not entirely in the Jewish quarter, uh, like uh, the King Solomon restaurant, who actually bought the domain name kosher.cz. Uh, Dinitz is another one. And then I, I hear good things about uh, the King David, which is not in Yosefov. It's over by the train station. And um, Shabad's Shelanu restaurant uh, is another one of these. And then there's the Shabad Maharal Center, which does uh, good food for Sabbaths and things like this. And then there are even a couple of kosher dairies in town. Yeah, we have a, there's a good, I think Prague is, is interesting because of its rich Jewish history um, when it comes to the Jewish foods here. I know I'm always on the lookout for a good matzo ball soup. So if you have any recommendations. Oh boy, I, I do love a matzo. Like I really loathe gefilte fish, but I love matzo ball soup. Yeah, I think that's fair. I used to like gefilte fish when I was eating that kind of thing. Um, but right, yeah, right. matzo ball soup is like eating a bowl of salt. So I'm a big fan. Yeah, right, of course you do. Yeah, of course. But you know, it's interesting though there is this, there certainly was a much larger Jewish community obviously way back when. Uh, but there's still a pretty, pretty happening, pretty vibrant Jewish community here now. We've got these uh, kosher dairies and kosher food shops and kosher restaurants and things like this. Uh, and we're seeing more and more places. There are a couple of Israeli uh, hummus places that have opened up, places like Nofek and some of these other. Hummus is becoming quite popular, I think, uh, in the new food scene here in Prague. We have uh, one that we really like uh, called Paprika because they do a full vegan shawarma. Uh, I've had it. It's very good. It's actually very, very good. Big fans. <laughs> and yet I don't think bagels were ever really a thing here in Prague. I remember I had come here, um, like I said, years back. Um, and I was I was in my 20s, early 20s. And I did one of those Sandman New Europe walking tours because I was traveling by myself and I just wanted to get the lay of the land. And they brought us to a bagel shop like at midway through. And I remember being really excited because I had lived in Europe for quite a while at the time and I hadn't had a bagel in a long time. So I was really excited to have a bagel and the tour guide was you know, saying how great it was. And I was ended up just kind of disappointed. And that was, you know, just the, the first. <laughs> what was that? Do you remember what the shop was? No, I don't. It was just years a random... ago. Somewhere in the center, obviously. Because yeah, yeah, it was yeah. during mm -hmm. the walking tour of the center. Right. And then when we moved here, you know, I, I, I'm always on the lookout. And we tried multiple options that are available to us. And it just doesn't seem like there's much of a bagel culture here. So mm -hmm. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, the places that you did find all only made bagel sandwiches, yeah. which was very disappointing to me because A, we couldn't eat any of them because they were always- with, with My favorite one was, I saw one with ham. Yeah. I said, ham. well, that's, okay. that is certainly not kosher. No, not even close. Yeah. I and I think it's interesting. One of the things that really motivated us with a, with doing it like this was because even if there are good bagels in a bagel shop, 
they're selling sandwiches. Yeah. And you can't get like a dozen mixed bagels and walk home with a bag of bagels. Yeah, they won't do it. That just doesn't exist. Even if you find bagels, they're like almost always just served with sandwiches. Yeah, sandwiches. And I, you know, that's not what I want. I want want to put capers and cream cheese on it. sandwich at home if you want, too. Yeah. It's your bagel. Yeah, it's your bagel. You do what you want with it. It's true. (laughs) Stick them on a dowel and walk around the house. Yeah, yeah whatever I'm they're yours do yeah. what you, you do you we whatever have no judgment happen. yeah <laughs> so that's that's our philosophy on it is people buy our bagels and they do all kinds of stuff with it and that's cool sometimes yeah. it looks really good yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. we're like wow never, awesome never to us to yeah do it exactly bagel, and that's quite exciting that especially with the the digital age and the internet age and and mobile phone and social media and things you can have this kind of almost community feeling this kind of back and forth with your customer base yeah i like you know there's certain customers that i have like regular conversations with like daily on the instagram so anytime you message the instagram um you're probably talking to me occasionally you're talking to giuseppe um but i i manage the instagram and things so the the posts are all in my voice and such and i've ended up like you know i want to say friends with some of our customers and they end up you know now we follow each other on our private accounts and they come Mm. to pick up bagels and we chat and you know right now with the way things are where we don't have have this social life outside of our home, own homes. It's almost like a nice little blessing that has nothing to do with the bagels, really. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's nice to have this social network that I didn't have the entire time, you know, for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're relatively new to Prague and we're pretty insular people. We, you know, we're both American. We're quiet. And we're we quiet and we have a baby now. So our oh. friendship circle here is pretty small anyway. Um, and, you know, this has introduced us to so many people. So many people, good people. That really good people and it sounds so corny and stuff but it's just been such a like added bonus that you know it's it's better than yeah. the money in the pocket it's yeah, just no, it's a very good sense of community is really it is very nice it's amazing to me yeah. i'm i'm a very social person and and we haven't been so social in so long that it's just really nice to be able to have these people that i you know it just earlier giuseppe was like oh jenny's ordering and i was like oh does she want her normal you know we know everyone by yeah. their name you know and it's we all ch- person to person one-on-one as yeah. well which is nice i do like that we get a lot of human connections yeah from it. and it's you know it, we're all we're all very thirsty for human connection right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So mm. people, everybody's a local. Everybody's a, a regular. Uh, it just has to be, you know, interfaced with each other through through the digital medium. That's right. That's yeah. yeah, that's a good way it. to put it. I like yeah. that. You know, it's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they, you know, Ezra is interesting because Ezra was born in May of 2020. Um, and he's never. So he's a COVID before. baby. He's a, yeah, he's actually, I like to not think of him as a COVID baby because, you know, he was coming long before we knew COVID was. True, true. <laughs> um, but he is, you know, we gave birth, I had to wear a mask and all that fun stuff, but um, Giuseppe couldn't be there. Uh, and what's, you know, what's really upsetting about it is he's never been able to meet any of his family because they're all in America and they're not allowed to come. I feel like people here, you know, our customers know who Ezra is. Yeah, yeah. And it's just they so, they him. ask yeah. about him. And it's yeah. just so nice because nice. we don't have that sense of family right now um, with how things are. So it's nice that our customers are like, oh, tell Ezra I said hi or, you know, little things like that. Like, how's he doing? So bagels, for those of us from the United States, Having an authentic New York-style bagel place here in the city of Prague is a real treat and a half. 
for Jewish people living here and Jewish travelers, it's another Jewish item that is available for them, uh, as mentioned before. And don't forget to check the show notes for links to all of the things we've talked about, including the Totally Jewish Travel website. And there's another website uh, I forgot to mention called Kosher Prague that mentions not just places where you can get kosher food, but even common food items that are for sale everywhere in the city that are also kosher Uh, as well as kosher apartments and things like this. Strict observers, however, please note there is no Eruv in Prague, so you'll have to plan your Sabbath accordingly. And if you don't know what that is, then never mind. (laughs) And of course, the number one thing is Ezra's Bagels, named after baby Ezra, the brand new baby for Chelsea, London, and Giuseppe Catanzariti. She's from New York originally, he's from Boston originally, but they both live here in Prague and they're the owners and operators of Ezra's Bagels. And in the background, I think you can hear baby Ezra coming up with new bagel recipes. That's right. He's like, pureed carrot, please. Yes, he's big on peaches, peaches right so you now. might see a peaches bagel. <laughs> ah, I like it. I don't think so. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> well, listen, I'd like to thank you guys for talking to me today. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate being on. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Really, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, super interesting stuff. Uh, again, go to the website or order via... Um, how, do, how can people get the bagels again? Remind us. Yeah, they can order through uh, Instagram and Facebook Messenger, or if they go to our website, com. there's an order form, well, a contact form there, and we'll get back to them through email. Um, I will say that Facebook and Instagram is easier for us to manage, so that's a good right. one to go through. Yeah. So unless you're one of these social media boycotters, please use Instagram or Facebook is the, is the communication method of preference. Thank you very much for talking to me, and thank you everybody out there for listening to this episode of Prague Times. Thank you for listening to this episode of Prague Times. If you liked this episode, be sure to like it or share it and tell your friends. Check us out on all of our social media platforms for extra goodies as well. Until next time, this has been Prague Times. <laughs>